Greetings, colleagues and friends. Cambria Evans here, the teaching and learning EMDR consultant. And y'all, I am tired. <laughs> I know you're tired too, but I just wanted to name it. Um, you know, I I want to again respond and name to this incredible pressure that we get as clinicians. And I'm feeling it now, I think, with you after two years of COVID and this pressure to like be more and do more and learn more and and what it's like to notice when we're invited to be almost like on this hamster wheel of trainings, right? Like I, and I have done this before of like, I have to get trained in IFS and I have to get trained in attachment EMDR and I have to get trained in flash and EMDR 2.0. And it's, it's like, it can feel overwhelming. And I want to talk about something today that I think is the medicine for the overwhelm that we feel when we are invited to be on this training hamster wheel because we can never get off of it. It's like, we think we've learned enough to be responsible and ethical and like all these things that are are positive good intentions about like who we are as good people, as clinicians, but it's exhausting. And I think as clinicians too, we've noticed that we're constantly being invited to not just learn more trainings, but to also like, you know, scale up our businesses and like, you know, level up. And it's like, there's always this invitation to be more. And so the medicine to that I want to talk about today is called this concept of a talent stack. Now, I did not invent this. This was created by um, a cartoonist who created Dilbert and his name's Scott, put his uh, reference in the show notes. But essentially, he talks about this idea of a talent stack, which is this which is figuring out how to take all of your talents, all of the things you've learned, and make them into a shape that is so unique to you and who you are. And it's from this place of figuring out our own talent stack, right? Figuring out what's already there that we don't have to go get and bring in and get and bring in and get and bring in to be enough. It's this way of saying, I am going to notice all of the things I'm really good at, the things that make me me, and I'm going to stack them on top of each other to make a shape, right? And that shape is our brand. That shape is what we are known for, right? So for me, I have I have this teaching background, right? And I'm an EMDR consultant. Put those things together. It's two things. But also in my own talent stack is being a mom of twins, Right? It doesn't even have to be shiny things, right? In my talent stack is someone who's had, you know, medical issues with infertility. Like all of these things we pull in that are unique to us, not because these content areas no one else has been in, but the way they're put together is unique to who you are. So I hope that this episode gives you a couple of things. One, I hope it reminds you that if you are on the hamster training wheel or if you are being invited to like level up, scale up, be more in your business, like you can take a beat, especially now. And instead, from a zero disturbance place, (laughs) think about what your medicine is to that overwhelm, to that invitation, right? The medicine of realizing that you have a talent stack already, And that doesn't mean never get trained and never change your business model. It just means that right now in this moment, you have so much more permission than you really realize that your talent stack is the foundation for knowing that right now you are enough. And there is nothing I enjoy more 
than teaching and learning. I always try to put myself around people who know more than me (laughs) or who know different things than me. And today I'm bringing on two guests. Andrea Skitch and Noreen Vanderhoeven, who are in the consultation program with me, and I've gotten to know them very well over the last year. Fabulous EMDR clinicians. And they each have a very different, unique talent stack that informs their clinical services, that informs their business models, that informs their consultation services, it informs their their branding, their language, everything. So as you listen to them talk about their own talent stacks, about how that informs how they show up with clients, how they show up with their learners, I want to invite you to think about your own talent stack and coming from this place of enoughness, being able to understand that your brand can be unique and that what you have in place right now in this moment is more than enough. Enjoy. So today I am being joined by two fabulous, fabulous women that I have gotten to know very well in the consultation program. And I wanted to have them on the podcast today because they have such a clearly defined, articulated sense of self, clinical style, teaching style. And my hope today is that you will listen to this episode and feel inspired to honor your own talent stack that you will honor your own way of showing up with your EMDR clients, with your EMDR consultees. And I'm hoping that by having these two incredible inspirational examples uh, that you will take away some permission to step into that for yourself. So let's get started. Noreen, do you want to introduce yourself and let folks know where you are and, and what you're up to? Yeah. I'm Noreen Vanderhoeven, and I'm a licensed clinical social worker. I am in Southern California in Westlake Village, and um, I'm also an EMDR consultant, and I do brain spotting. Right now, I have a, I own a group practice, um, and I have two clinicians that work for me that are also EMDR trained, and they're in the process of getting certified. Wow. Um, oh, so... <laughs> So for, um, I'm basically like for my own part of the practice, I'm just doing EMDR intensives. And then the other calls that come in, I refer to my associates, just because I feel I have learned so much from you, Cambria. And um, it's so effective for me and working that way. And I, I like the work, you know, smarter, not harder thing and be able to help people at the same time. And so... Awesome. Well, thank you for hanging out with me on the podcast. I know we've been we've been talking uh, a lot offline, but Noreen, you are just somebody that has so much clinical competence and confidence. And of course, you have this like very dynamic business model with you know consultees and clients and people working for you and EMDR and love that you're incorporating brain spotting. So I'm hoping that we can talk more about all of that today and let folks get inspired by that. So thanks for yeah. thanks for joining us. Andrea, you, I think, are our second international guest. <laughs> Yay! That's fantastic. I'm so honored. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, so I'm located in Toronto, Canada. Um, I'm a registered social worker and a psychotherapist. And um, I'm EMDR certified and I'm working on... Um, uh, working toward my EMDR consultant certification. 
Um, I am a grief specialist and a trauma specialist, and I weave in other spiritual practices such as kundalini yoga and meditation. And I'm also a highly sensitive person. So that comes into the work that I do as well. I have a private practice that I've had for 10 years and um, I just love, love my work. I feel very blessed to be able to do it. And I see clients um, individually in that private practice. Um, and in the last, I guess, four to five months with Cambria's help, as well as our group with Noreen, I've um, begun to shift that model into a more intensive EMDR model. And that's been really, really exciting and and really, really rewarding and really refreshing, mm-hmm. um, especially at a time when so many of us are feeling, you know, burnt out and tired and, um, you know, the slog of the pandemic. So it's been a real breath of fresh air to do something different. Um, and I've seen some real uh, results with my clients. So um, it's really been working great. And then the second part of my business, which is something that I'm birthing as we speak, um, is a consultation program, a group consultation program for uh, for clinicians who are uh, wanting to hone their EMGR skills. Also, clinicians that want to be um, building practices that are, are intentional and authentic to themselves. Um, because we are more than just EMDR clinicians, right? We're humans and we come with yes. um, a variety of experiences, a variety of talents, a variety of um, insights and creativity that I think, you know, we need to, like you mentioned earlier, uh, Cambria, this idea of permission. I think I think we really need permission to, to step into our leadership in that way. So that's what I would like to do with my consultees in the, in the new program that is just birthing. So yes, yes. I love this. Oh my gosh. And you know what? I have to just say, by the way, we are all moms. Like how, like how awesome are we that we are moms, therapists, business owners? Like, I just, I feel like this is like the permission episode. Apparently they're just giving (laughs) permission to do whatever they want to do. I love this. This is so great. Beautiful. Well, Andrew, maybe we'll keep chatting since you kind of just introduced yourself and what you're up to in Canada. You know, you have, well, everyone in in this conversation, but you have really combined, you know, your natural talents with how you actually do EMDR with your clients, right? Could you share a little bit more about that journey for you? Like, like how you kind of stepped into permission to to integrate not just who you are, but kind of like your values and what's important to you. Like, I would love to hear kind of how that that synthesis happened for you in your practice. Yeah, thank you for asking that. I mean, it's been a it's it's been a process, right? We were all in a process of of transformation, if if especially at this time, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the the simplest thing to sort of share with you is that you know when the pandemic happened and we went into lockdown. Like many highly sensitive people, it was, I mean, once we got over the fear reaction, like what is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually really peaceful. It was really peaceful for me because I was at home enjoying more downtime and quiet time that I have ever had in my life. Mm. And so for me personally, even though the world felt chaotic, for me, I felt much more in tune with my own nervous system. I felt like I had permission to breathe deeply. I had permission to not always have to show up, you know, whether it be in a work environment or um, 
you know, in a social situation or whatever it was, like I just, I just had this like slow going lifestyle and it just felt really good to me. Mm-hmm. And then I started to sort of lean into why was it that that feels really good to me? Yeah. And it brought up this um, realization that I like to be quiet. I like more quiet time. I like to be in my thoughts. I like to, you know, I like to do yoga. I like to just be still a lot of the time. Now, yes, I also like to go dancing and I like to have a good time, you know, socially and things like that too. But um, but during that time, it was like the permission was given to me because of the, the, the structure around that. Mm. And I found myself um, searching for some new meaning and purpose um, to sort of continue a feeling of creativity during that time, maybe just to kind of support me as well and not feeling so burnt out from my clinical work. I knew I wanted to expand. I knew I wanted something a little bit different, but not that I wanted to change careers, but that I just wanted something to kind of give some, bring some new juice, some new life into, into my world. Mm-hmm. And I discovered or rediscovered actually Kundalini Yoga um, and I started to really enjoy doing that um, almost daily during during the pandemic. And to the point where I decided to get training and to be able to teach it because I saw in that moment that it was like a beautiful, possible love affair with EMDR. The things wow. that we do in Kundalini Yoga, which are highly sophisticated, ancient technologies that know this mind-body system better than we do just just gave this new like information for me to integrate not only for myself, but I could see how it would come really nicely with my clients. Hmm. So how did I sort of find confidence in that? Honestly, it was trial and error. Yeah. I just started to teach um, free classes on Instagram for a little while because I was like, I don't know, let's see what that feels like. <laughs> um, and And I found myself actually talking a lot about trauma and about the nervous system. And about what it means to be highly sensitive Mm. and what it means to show up in leadership, like self-leadership. So all these things were just kind of coming out of me. And then I would like teach a meditation and it was, it was, it was just refreshing and and wonderful. It was a wonderful experience. And then I thought, you know, I bet we're a world of clinicians that have all kinds of juicy ideas and skills and perspectives that you know, we could really, you know, expand the way that we work clinically, right? You know, I have a client who's also a clinician and she does kickboxing. And I'm like, how amazing would that be? Like, you know, there's just all these ways that we could sort of get creative. So I love that. I love that. I love that so much because what I heard you say was that you had the quiet space to really check in with like what was feeling good. And you had that space to do that experiment to see, you know, if if this thing you were doing was feeding your soul. And I think all of us have been trying to figure out what is going to feed our soul as a therapist during COVID, right? I mean, that's that's been the question everyone's been holding on to. I've obviously never gotten to be a client of yours, but I did get to experience a breathwork exercise that you led for our, uh, our group and consultation And it was just, it was palpable, like how I felt before that exercise. And just a couple of minutes later, how dropped in I felt to have that learning space 
be such a different experience for me from this kind of dropped down space. Mm -hmm. And it was in that moment that I kind of had this click of thinking, oh my gosh, this is phase two resourcing, but this is also phase four. Like this is, this is so much of EMDR. And so it's exciting, right? That this not only feeds you, but you also helped your fellow clinicians. And I imagine you're, you know, incorporating this with your clients and your intensives as well. And so I just, I think it's such an interesting way to blend powerful tools together to give people kind of the maximum benefit, right? Yeah. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. And and we have to stay creative ourselves, right? We have to find joy in the work that we do. We need to evolve, I think, in in how we do work. And so yeah, so it's been it's been a wonderful journey. And I know it's it's just gonna continue. Um and and being in this consultation group has been really supportive in that too, because I get to show up with Noreen and my colleagues and sort of say, you know, does this sound okay to kind of do this or mix this or be this? Right. Mm-hmm. And all I get is yes. Yeah. And that feels so reaffirming and really, really lovely. So thank you. Well, it's just like how we are so encouraging of our clients, you know, like we need that as clinicians. We need someone to say like, yes to us, like go try that and see how that feels and come back and tell us like, did you like that? Or did you not like that? (laughs) Right. It's so informative. And, And that's such a beautiful way, I think, as a clinician and a business owner right now to feel any sense of like agency or power. I mean, so much of what's happening, I feel so helpless with in so many ways And to know that we can do these experiments, even during a pandemic, to see what feeds us is a a place of power. And I love that phrase you used of self-leadership. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. My perspective is that the whole planet is lifting in consciousness. And we are are healers. We are the guides um, in that process for people who want to show up in that way, for people who want to do clear the blockages so that they can step into, um, as the yogis would say, their dharma, right? The, the path that is the highest possible path for your soul in this lifetime. Like that's how important we are as, as clinicians and, and how important our clients are because they're bringing something to this time of transformation. Like we have work to do and that's exciting. And we, but we have to do it in a way that doesn't lead to burnout or doesn't lead to feeling stagnant or stuck in old systems that no longer serve us. Mm-hmm. Yep. I love it. I'm here for it. This is awesome. You know, I, I would love to kind of talk to Noreen for a little bit because we're I'm thinking about, Andrea, like your talent stack of all the things that you are pulling in to create the experience you want as a clinician, um, doing intensives, as a person taking on consultees. And, you know, I think what we all have in common is that we're all curious and we're all lifelong learners. And Noreen, when I think about you, <laughs> like if someone were to write down all of the trainings that you've been to and all the things that you can do for your clients, I don't even know how long that list would be. Um, but you, but I think that you could just have all this expertise. And and what I was so tickled to find out recently was that you were like, yeah, I'm doing EMDR intensives and I'm loving it. And I'm learning brain spotting and I'm going to do, and it's just, you, you just have this business mind, but also this like clinical mind to like Andrea, like pull in these different powerful modalities. So I would, I would love if you wanted to share just a little bit about like, were you born that way? Like, did you learn to be that way? Like how, how did that, how did you step into that? Cause you not only do it, but you're like 
so confident. Like, this is what I'm doing now. And I'm doing this. And then this is going to go together this way. It's amazing. Well, thank you. I, you know, it's funny. I think I've kind of always just been that way. I'm going to just jump in and do it. But the, the really funny thing is, is that I took 10 years off to stay home with my kids. Yeah. And so when I left the field, like in 1998, and then I came back in 2000. 10, something like that. No, two, I came back in like 2000, yeah, 10. It was a totally different field. Wow. Like when, when I left, EMDR was, it was there because it yeah. was developed in 1989, right? But not a lot of people talked about it. It wasn't really out there. It wasn't, and I worked with a lot of trauma. I've always just worked kind of in the trauma field. And um, so when I came back and I had a really bad car accident in college, I just kind of like shoved away. All of a sudden, then I started, I found this paper 25 years later that I wrote on my car accident and I totally got re-triggered. I'm wow. like, I got to go to therapy for this. And I went and she did EMDR and it was like, wow, I thought, oh my God, this is life-changing. So after, you know, a few years, um, I went into private practice and I, that's how I started that. And, you know, I kind of always feel that, and I've always been this way, I've always kind of, you know, been this way with like my kids also is that the day I stop learning is the day I need to be out of this field. I tell it to everyone on my staff. I tell it to everybody I supervise. Like, cause I learn from them too, you know, I just love learning. So I thought, you know what? Everybody's talked about brain spotting and everyone's like, oh, when you do brain spotting, you're not going to go back to EMDR. Like for me, that's not the case so far. I think brain spotting is amazing, but it's incredible to be able to use the two together. So this is is the buzz I'm hearing. Yeah, that's kind of what I've started doing. And I started doing it in the intensives. I had an intensive this last weekend. And um, the guy who came in did brain spotting once before and he didn't like it. And I'm like, okay, Mm -hmm. well, let's just give it a shot. And so I did brain spotting. It was the second intensive I've done with him, by the way. Mm -hmm. So he already kind of knew what EMDR was. And we did brain spotting and he went like from an eight to a one. Oh, wow. And not even realizing it, you know? Because then when I asked him, like, well, how'd you like? He goes, no, I like EMDR. I'm like, do you realize like what you just did? Like you you took this huge jump that, you know, and he didn't even realize it. So in some ways, it's kind of interesting. I think like I describe it as being like gentler. Hmm. Um, it's just a softer way to get to things sometimes. I'm not sure that I know how to describe that better. Yeah. Yeah. But it is. And it just seems like less taxing on the person, on their, you know, physical being, on their emotional being, really on everything. And, you know, sometimes like I'll start with the MDR. I had a client, I start with the MDR and she was just like stuck at a five. I thought, you know what? This is the funny thing is this is before I took brain spotting. I thought, I'm just going to do this experiment and think, because I think this is what brain spotting is. <laughs> I just had her, <laughs> I thought, if it doesn't work, it's not going to work, you know? Yes. <laughs> and I just had her find a spot on the wall and find the spot where all of a sudden, like, you know, kind of all of her, like, you know, this trauma stuff that she's dealing with comes up and she found this spot. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is incredible. I knew nothing about it then. But then once I learned it, I'm like, wow. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, it's really powerful. And, um, you know, kind of like Andrea, I don't do um, yoga, but I do a lot of mindfulness. And yeah. um, I'm going to be putting an ebook out because I feel like there's just not enough resourcing in EMDR. And I've done so many resources that I've just kind of like made up on the spot sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that really, that's good. Let's put that in. And so now I just have like in my packet that yes, I do. Yes, I love it. I, I and I and I have to say that you know, part of us being diverse clinicians and having these experiences, whether it's yoga or EMDR or brain spotting, or even as you were talking, Noreen, I realized part of our talent stack is being a mom. I mean, being yeah. a parent. I mean, talking about doing attachment EMDR and you know attachment repair. I think that one of our talent stacks as moms gives us that extra understanding with our clients working with their younger parts, right? But I love that part of your understanding of yourself as a business owner is that you have got what? Hundreds, thousands of clinical sessions in your brain and all of that content, not just from trainings that we've done, but like things we've repeated over and over again to our clients or to our consultees. It's like all of this content to be able to share that in some kind of passive income way, whether it's an ebook or I know you're doing some speaking, like, and I know Andrea has some ideas for passive income. I, I love that we're allowing ourselves to share healing in that way and having that be part of um, our contribution to kind of this, this transformation that's happening for everybody. Yeah. And I think, you know, the other thing is I didn't even mention is that, you know, my suicide <laughs> prevention stuff. So I'm like, I am what's known as a suicidologist is what you would call me. And um, I've put out a six hour suicide risk assessment course. It was originally because the BBS in California was going to require, you know, you take six hours before you can renew your license or get your license. So I thought, oh, this is perfect timing. And so I did it. And then I just kept like lowering the price because I kind of felt like, you know what, especially during the pandemic, it is so important that people have this information. Yeah. And so even though I'm not seeing a lot of suicidal clients anymore, I just, I've had my share. Mm -hmm. I will let other people do that. I'm always here, you know, to consult for that because I think it's so important. And, you know, the same thing, like I'm constantly still learning about that stuff that, uh, but sometimes I just kind of do things on the fly. Like you love to experiment. You're like, let's yeah. do this. <laughs> yeah. The intensives, I offered an intensive to someone before I even knew what it was. <laughs> One of my friends, Anita, who's taken your course, she um, she's like, Noreen, you have to do these intensives. I'm like, yeah, yeah, okay. And then I went to Hawaii for a conference. Same conference I'm speaking at this year. So I went to Hawaii and I get a call from this woman who wants to do EMDR. And the more I'm listening to her, I'm like, I think this would be good for an intensive. So I told her about what I thought an intensive was. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, that sounds really good. And I quickly went online and bought your course. <laughs> and that's why I spent my time in Hawaii doing was figuring out how to do an intensive. Oh my gosh. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Wow. I, you know, I'm listening to this conversation and I think what's so interesting. So, so when we're kind of in this like marketing 101 as a, as a new business owner, 
we oftentimes hear this phrase of like your client avatar, right? Like, oh, my client avatar is like the suicidal client or it's like, you know, the yoga client or the intensive client. And I think what's so liberating and this kind of transformation for therapists as, as business owners is to understand our clients are on this continuum, right? Like, like they're constantly moving and transforming along the spectrum, just like we are as business owners, right? And so I think it's amazing that we can do these clinical experiments for different populations of clients or clients that are in this continuum and simultaneously, we're always thinking of ways to share what we're learning in a more scalable, generous way, right? I, like to have the hat on of therapist, but also teacher simultaneously is kind of a theme that I'm hearing in today's conversation, which is exciting to me. Yeah, I'm excited also to start doing, we kind of talked about was um, intensive consultation groups. Yes, this um, is so needed. Yeah. This is yeah, so really needed. Yes. Very cool. And and I know that you're offering those groups in Southern California, but it'll be online so anyone can participate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And and I wanted to make sure, Andrea, as you're as you're birthing your consultation services, is it going to be intensive focus like you practice? Is it going to be yoga? Is it going to be both? What's the what's the vision for your business there? The vision is it, it will be sort of regular ongoing client work, but also intensive uh, building as well. It's really more about the theme of the clinician and how they want to, mm-hmm. um, how they want to show up doing the work, how they want to sort of hone in their skills. So I'm not too concerned about the structure per se, just more about the cl- the clinician and how they want to show up in those areas and how they want to build their, their practice accordingly. You're making me think of a question. I don't know if we have an answer yet, but I know that as a teacher, a lot of what I want to teach and put out into the world is something that I didn't have coming up in my own career, whether that was clinical or business building. And so a lot of the way that I try to show up as a teacher is informed by what was missing in my own experience. Andrea, if you were to kind of describe like your values or like the way that you show up as a teacher, how how would you be put words to that? How would I show up as a teacher? Um, well, it kind of goes back to our, our original, you know, we're going full circle in this conversation in the sense that it's like, it's about permission. Like yeah. I think I think giving permission and space, right? Um, which is something that you've modeled really beautifully in this program, giving permission and space um, and encouragement to, to experiment, to practice with certain things and to know that, and I think a teacher needs to let you know that it's also okay to do things differently, yeah. right? Because we are, you know, understandably, we are trained in certain modalities and those modalities have certain structures. Um, and that's great because, you know, you need to start somewhere and you need to learn, you need to learn your scales on the piano before you can sort of go in and make music from that perspective. <laughs> yeah, but, you need to be um, safe on the piano. <laughs> Don't kill me with the piano. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But, uh, but, you know, after that, it's like, it's being creative is being creative is accessing your life force energy. Mm. Um, and that is something we have to encourage in, in clinicians. We have to give clinicians the, 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 the authority to, to access whatever is coming up inside them that they're channeling, if you want to call it that, or you creating whatever you want, whatever language you, you prefer to use. Right. And I think that's something that all three of us really connect with. It's like this, 
we we you know we've done enough of the the basic work which is really important and then we have all these hours of of clinical work under our belts which has taught us so much because our clients teach us more than our trainings ever do yeah um and then we show up and unless we're get like fully embodying our uniqueness and our authenticity we're not really going to get any further in the work and our clients are not going to really get any further yeah right because it's not about skills Mm. those are important but it's not about the skills it's about being heart-centered so i think you know a big a perspective that I have in terms of what I would like to bring to clinicians who feel that this would be beneficial for them is how do you show up as an as a heart-centered practitioner? Like, what does that mean? And what does that feel like? And what does it look like? Because again, like, you know, you're here for big things. It's not about just like, it's not just about helping your clients feel better, which is important, yeah. but it's about accessing that uniqueness in your client. Mm-hmm. So if you can't access that uniqueness in yourself, how are you going to help that client believe that they're unique and what they bring is unique and actually have the courage to step into whatever that uniqueness is? Because that's why you're here. Ooh, that needs to be like a poster on someone's (laughs) wall, like in my office. I love what you just said. Yes. And listening to you and I'm thinking of like being a mom and I'm about to take the twins on their first flight in two years um, next week. and. I'm thinking of that little intro that they do on the plane where it's like, if the mask falls down, you do your mask first and then you do the kid's mask. I mean, that's the image that came up as you were speaking. And I think so much of our training as therapists, it's like we kind of almost lose ourselves. We almost lose that permission to put our own mask on first when it comes to the services we're designing, the way that we're doing our integration of our talent stack and I'm, I'm excited that there is going to be more permission, hopefully through this conversation too, that that people who work with, with Andrea and Noreen or me, it's like, they'll get that permission to put their own mask on first and to, like you said, to be heart-centered. I, I, I think this is just a really beautiful mission that we're talking about. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for saying that. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I, I feel that, for example, when I, when I hear Noreen talking about her clients, right? Like she's got this like, desire in her heart to really like bring out the best in them. And I see that in your work too, Cambria. Like I think, so I think, you know, and and many clinicians have this innate sort of desire and this talent. So maybe if we find a room, find room to name it and um, nurture it and expand, you know, like we come from a profession that if you think about like the history of psychoanalysis, which I'm not an expert in, it's like the clinician wasn't even there, right? The clinician was like literally behind, right? Or at least that's the image in my head. Maybe that's from like a comic book or something. But, um, you know, it's this like non-presence, right? We've come from like that kind of model and the medical model where it's, there's some, there's a doing two, right? We do two, we treat the problem. Um, and obviously we've come a long way, you know, but I think we have so much further to go. And I think, I think that being heart-centered is the way forward because when you get when you sit down with your client, you're just two souls trying to form a relationship that is birthing something that is in benefit to them, but is also benefits their community and humanity at large. Like that's how, again, that's I think that's how important our work is. Yes. So, you know, I think we need to evolve and I think, or at least acknowledge the ways and the things that we bring that are in line with that, um, with that mission. 
I love it. Possibility. I love it. That's gorgeous. That's so gorgeous. Oh my gosh. And and it's it's taking me, it's taking me back to something Noreen said earlier that I that I can't like unhear. (laughs) You made a comment about you learn from your consultees. And I think, you know, this this image of these two souls in the room together, right? I mean, the fact that you as a teacher with all of your wisdom and experience can say, oh yeah, I'm going to keep learning brain spotting or whatever, but I'm also going to learn from people that I'm teaching, right? And so it creates not so much of like this hierarchy, right? Of kind of the outdated educational model, but it creates this really different learning experience for people, I'm imagining when they're with you. Yeah, I truly believe that. And I tell them all the time, you know, oh my gosh, that's so amazing. I'm going to remember that or, you know, that it's true. I mean, it is. It's like, you know, Andrew said, we're two souls, you're two humans and you can't help but learn from other people. You know, I learn from my kids all the time. Yeah. (laughs) Things I don't want to learn, but yes. (laughs) Yes, that too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So Noreen, if you if you were to put words to this, and I don't know if there's an answer, but if you were to put words to kind of like how you show up as a teacher, right? Whether, whether that's like the value system that you bring or the framework you bring, how how would you articulate that? Just because I know people listening to this are probably CITs or consultants and, and trying to articulate that for themselves. Yeah. I, I think one of the biggest things for me is collaboration. Mm-hmm. And so it's, you know, I'm going to teach, first of all, I'm going to teach what they want to learn or what they need to learn. I, you know, I'm always asking like, what is it that I can be helpful with or how can I help you understand this better? But to be able to collaborate is just key in this field, I think really in any field. And, and I think a lot of times people are afraid to do that. Mm-hmm. And I think that people are afraid just to network and get out there and, you know, go to talk to people that they don't know. And the funny thing is, you would never know this, but really I'm an introvert. Like if... if, You just blew my mind open, by the way. Okay, I believe you. If I had my druthers, like in the evenings, I'm like happy just staying home and doing nothing. You know, whether it just be spending the evening with my husband, because my kids are all grown and out of the house. So I would, it's just... Hmm. I, I like going out with like, you know, one friend or one or two friends. But, you know, when I was younger, I used to go out with like 10 or 15 friends. I, I'm just, I, I think I've just changed over time. I used to be an extrovert for sure. So I think I'm like an introverted extrovert maybe. So I'm, a, I'm an extrovert when I need to be, you know, but generally I'm like really quiet, which not a lot of people believe, but, you know, I just like, <laughs> I just like, kind of doing my own thing and and I'm happy with that. So I think it's just really, again, like collaboration, I think is the biggest piece and, and really teaching people, whether it be my clients or my consultees, you know, how to learn themselves and then how to become like that messenger, you know, because you're not like a, a client is not necessarily going to become a teacher, but like, I want them to take that message that they've learned for themselves and be able to spread that, you know, and 
you know, help other people or just kind of send that message. That And the same with the consultees. I think it's important yeah. that they kind of not digest it, but just like embo- let it embody them, mm-hmm. you know, and so that they can also then create whatever it is that they want to create or how they want to show up in the world, you know, as a clinician or a teacher or a consultee, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. So. I love it. Well, and you know, I imagine too, any learner that comes to work with you is going to feel what you're describing, but also it sounds like with your own experience and your own kind of talent stack, right? You will be able to connect with an introverted learner or an extroverted learner because you know the the felt sense of either of that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank you. And if you don't uh, follow Noreen already on Instagram, you should because you see her fun, <laughs> playful side coming out, which is hilarious to her, and I love it. That is so out of my comfort zone, but I <laughs> I am doing it. It's it's a thing to do, but so I'm told <laughs> it's an experiment, right? Total experiment. <laughs> Oh, having a good time is part of it, right? Like it's yeah, it's part, it is. It's it fun. Part it's of like, this process, I think. Yeah. Too. Yes. Yeah, so it is fun doing it. So yes. Thanks for doing that, Noreen. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, Andrea. <laughs> oh, well, I, I am so grateful that um, there are people like you in the world that exist in our community. I'm, I'm so grateful that you have this value system of considering yourselves, but then also considering your clients and teaching them how to do that, considering your consultees and, and teaching them how to do that for themselves. Because I really do feel like this is an evolution, not just for EMGR therapists, but for therapists. Because, you know, Andrea, to your point, we we have been taught to kind of, you know, make ourselves not invisible, but not really like attachable or connectable with with much of a personality. Like where we've been taught to be like the blank slate people can project on, right? Or the person behind the couch or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that wasn't that long ago that that was, you know, kind of the norm. So I think this is exciting that this is showing up for people now with this permission, not just clinically, but also like in their business models. I love that you're both so brave and that you're, you know, open to doing experiments. It's just, it's a lot of fun to to dream with you about this and, and talk with you about this. So thank you for sharing this with everyone else who's listening. I really appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. This was great. We, I loved it. Yeah, me too. Thank you guys both for your examples. And Cambria, thanks for all your your work in setting this up. Um, your consultation program really is fantastic. Just for in case anybody's wondering out there, it's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I'll second that. <laughs> oh, thank you guys. It's it's been it's been amazing to have the cohort that got pulled into this all together and everyone just kind of cross supporting and and connecting and and it's it's just more than I ever anticipated. If people want to find you guys, we'll we'll put your links and info in the show notes, but what's the best way to find you if if a client is listening who wants to do an intensive with you, if a consultee is listening and they're like, "Oh, this person gets me." How can they reach you? What's a website or email that's the best way to do that? So my website is andreaskitch.com. So just my name.com. And I'm on Instagram as well, andreaskitch. Um, I will be creating uh, the Aquarian Academy soon, but it's not been created just yet. So just find me at andreaskitch.com and my contact information is there. Amazing. Can we do, can we do a follow-up with you, Andrea, about the Academy? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay. <laughs> Great. Yeah. 
Awesome. Thank you. Noreen, how can people, I feel like everyone on the West Coast already knows Noreen, but for those of you who don't know Noreen, how can people find you? Um, so I have two websites. One is noreenvanderhoevenlcsw.com. And I would say, look in the show notes for how to spell it. Sounds like it is, but look in the show notes. Um, and that website is really for my um, consultation and training and um, all of that stuff. And then my clinical website is my group practice, which is westlaketraumaandresilience.com. Thank you. And by the way, I have to just brag on you guys for a moment. If anybody listening to this is a therapist and they're like, what should my Instagram look like? Or what should my website look like? Check out Andrea and Noreen because both of their websites are just gorgeous. So gorgeous. So I'm just the 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 branding and the communication of your mission is just so apparent and it's just so aesthetically pleasing to look at too. So everyone go check those out just to just to look at them and feel better. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, awesome. Thanks, guys. I want to again thank Andrea Skitch and Noreen Vanderhoeven for hanging out with me here on the podcast. It's really cool to be able to have these types of discussions in the consultation program. And it's even cooler uh, when members uh, are down for coming on the podcast and sharing it with all of you. So hoping this felt helpful. I hope you feel inspired to really think about your own talent stack, to really think about how, yes, you can be invited to be on a a hamster training wheel. You can be invited to keep being more and more and more but also you can put yourself in a community with people who are smarter than you, that know different things than you. Because at the end of the day, we are inspiring each other through relationship. We are teaching and learning each other all the time and being generous with what we know. And I want to thank Andrea and Noreen for all the generosity and things they've taught me in our time together in the program. So if this felt helpful for you. I would love to hear from you. I read every email that y'all share with me. And if you are someone that is wanting to learn more about your talent stack, wanting to develop intensive programs, consultation services, passive income systems, all of that and more is here for you in the consultation program. We are taking applications and we will be closing enrollment July 30th for our September cohort. Very exciting stuff. We're going to have all sorts of interesting faculty members joining us in the fall. We're going to have all sorts of interesting bonuses that we didn't have this past year. So I'm just so excited to keep developing more and more value for folks in this program. So with all of that being said, thank you for letting me be in your ear today and spend some time with you. I know that our time and attention is our most precious resource. So it means a lot that I get to spend this quality time with you being reflective and hopefully encouraging you. And until we are together again, I wish you health, safety, and I'm rooting for your success. Take care. 